how the heck do you practice leadership? Because that, even on the surface, sounds a little weird. It's like nailing jello to a tree. I don't know how that's going to work. Hi, and you just entered the Leadership Gym. I'm Randy Hall, I'm an executive coach and leadership consultant, and this is the place where we work on our ability to lead our team, lead our business, and yes, lead ourselves. If you are looking to improve your capabilities as a leader, you are in the right spot. And thanks for joining us today. I'm excited about the information today, uh, about the discussion that we're going to have or the information that I'm gonna share around practice, the importance of practice. If you're leading a team, your business, yourself, or even if you want to, you, you may be listening to this episode and you want to move into a leadership role or lead at a higher level inside an organization, a larger team or a larger function, or maybe you just want to start your own business and you know that you've got to build a team to do that, or you already have one and you simply want to improve. This is great. The world needs more good leaders and few are bad managers and so that's what we're trying to help happen here and we are very glad that you're with us for this episode hey before we start before we dive into the episode an important part of leadership is knowing how to give feedback and if we can't do that well we really do inhibit our ability to lead anything or anyone but for most of us Feedback doesn't really reach the goals we had for it sometimes. We think by telling someone how to improve that they will actually improve. And more often than not, they end up maybe resenting our criticism or wondering why we focus on all the wrong stuff they do or deflecting or defending themselves against what we're trying to help them with. You don't have to live like this or lead like this. I have a free video that will take you through a process for feedback. It'll help you understand what's happening in someone else's brain when you give it. And it will help you structure your feedback so that it really does help them improve. No matter what it is you would like them to get better at. If you want to make your feedback matter more, go to leadershipgym.com forward slash feedback. This will make a difference in how you lead and how much impact you can have on others. Okay, back to our episode. In this episode, we are going to do a couple of things relative to practice. We're going to explain why practice is important for anything you do or anything that you want to get better at. People might say that you can't practice leadership and candidly that thought will hold them back from getting better. We may not yet know how to practice leadership but that's what we're going to do today is help change that thinking a little bit. We're going to give you some tools and resources and ideas and thoughts and hopefully insights that will cause you to consider how you can practice leadership rather than feel like leadership something that can't be practiced. We're going to define what practice is. There are three things that if they are not part of what you're doing, then you are not practicing. You may be repeating yesterday's game, but you're not planning for tomorrow's. You're not getting better. You're not trying to improve. We're simply recreating the same behaviors, patterns, habits that we have and that we already had yesterday. And by definition, that's not improvement. That's repetition. 
we're going to help you measure the success of your practice. We're going to talk a little bit about that because sometimes measuring success relative to things that we think of as conversational or interactions with others is not all that easy. We know how to measure revenue. We know how to measure sales. We know how to measure some outputs that we can kind of put numbers on, but we don't know how to measure in a lot of cases leadership. And so we'll start to think about relative to some of the things we might practice. And we'll use a real example. How do we measure those things that feel softer and less uh, less lending themselves to numbers, <laughs> for a lack of a better way of saying it? So we're going to help you measure your success of practice. Let's talk about why practice is important. And this is sort of one of those things where when you say practice is important, people immediately think, well, of course practice is important. You don't get better at anything without practice. And yet, when you ask people, how did you practice your leadership this week? Or what did you practice around the way that you lead this week? What they will typically do or go to think about the things that they had to deal with, that someone else threw at them that was a challenge for them in the week that they got some practice with. But understand, they didn't get practice because they chose to practice. They got practice because they had to practice. And it's easy to say, well, it doesn't matter. They got some practice. The reality is, though, they got practice on things other people picked for them. They weren't following a path toward better leadership. They were hoping that other people tossed obstacles in their way, that they now had to work their way through that helped them get better at leadership. Seems like a pretty inefficient way to become a great leader. The other reason that we want to think about practice in a, in a more intentional sense is that the brain does not learn in a straight line. It learns in context. However, intentions can happen in a straight line. So for example, if somebody says, hey, to be a better leader, you need to deliver feedback better. We mentioned that earlier when we were talking about the free video that we have. But if they say that, you think, well, okay, yeah, I, uh, I need to deliver feedback better. I'll do that. Our brain says, okay, I can think of some ways to do that and I'll just make sure that happens. I'll, you're right, I'll deliver my feedback better. Now, what, what we picture in terms of the ease, the process, our belief that is often 100% of our belief is that I'll do that different next time. I can already think of some ways I might want to deliver feedback differently and I have an intention to do them differently. But without practice, first of all, our chance of executing on that intention is incredibly low. Our chance of even remembering that we made that intention is incredibly low. And second of all, we haven't put that intention into any kind of context that the brain can actually operationalize. Think about it this way. Let me use an example that is just from life, right? So we might think about our, our ability to drive a car. And certainly we went through the process of kind of learning how to drive. And in the early stages of that, when people were talking to us about what the pedals do and what the how to look in the mirrors and what the steering wheel does and how it works and how to shift gears and all of those things, nobody drives stick shifts anymore, so we just pull it into drive. But either way, we've got a whole series of things that we're thinking about. And our brain's looking at those going, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I can do that. Now we put ourselves in the seat and all of a sudden we're in a cold sweat and we're freaking out and we might be a little bit scared and it seems overwhelming and all of the things that happen to us immediately when we think I got to operate this beast right so 
that is where context happens. As we start to involve ourselves with things, our brain starts to put a map together for how it really works, which is very, very different than our first picture of how we thought it worked. And any human improvement is about going through this process from understanding it intellectually to getting better at it in an involved way because our brain actually maps out all of those little intricacies. You gotta love it when you fall over a word like that. I mean like all the way into the ditch over it. Like you trip over it, you stumble over it, then you stub your toe on it, then you land on the other side of it laughing. Intricacies associated with it. Right now, it actually has a, a set of neural connections in our brain that can help it do this thing really well. Not help it consider this thing, not intend to do it, actually act on it. And that's what happens. So practice is where ideas meet action. It's where new information gets added that makes our knowledge useful. People think that knowledge is power, and we've certainly probably heard that quote or that statement. The reality is knowledge is completely useless unless we do something with it, unless we turn it into action, unless we consider it more intently and think about it more and begin to, to kick it around in ways that help us understand how to use it. The knowledge in and of itself is actually a waste of time and effort unless it makes us better, changes an outcome, causes us to consider things we haven't before, allows us to try something in a new way and learn from it. Other than that, it's just stuff. So we don't get better by repeating actions that are already habits. That just keeps us where we are. The knowledge is an opportunity to do something different. But until we practice it, it's only that, right? So this is where new abilities get added is through practice. This is where new possibilities begin to take shape is through practice. This is where knowledge gets the additional information it needs to become a, a thing that we fully understand and can execute rather than just a thought or an idea. Okay, so that's why practice matters. Now let's dig into how the heck do you practice leadership? Because that even on the surface, sounds a little weird. It's like nailing jello to a tree. I don't know how that's going to work, right? So how do we practice leadership? So there's three things that have to be part of practice here. The first is intention. The second is a process for measurement. And the third is an organized structure for repetition. If we can do those things, then we actually have real practice that we decided on. You know, we, we talked about practice that other people sort of do to us they or cause us to do by throwing obstacles in our way. Even back to the driving situation, I think about a, a situation my 15-year-old my was in as he's learning to drive, and he was driving us, and he got stuck between two lanes here at an exit ramp where he didn't have the ability to go into either one because he found himself between two cars. And so he got to practice that, that slamming on brakes and not hitting the guardrail there and finding a safe spot between the two lanes uh, at the exit ramp for the truck to safely sit. He got to practice that. 
But we now enroll our kids in a brakes program that he hasn't gone through yet where they put them on a wet road. They put them in front of obstacles. They cause them to slam on brakes and swerve and skid and deal with all those challenges so that they get some context around it rather than just an intellectual understanding of it. And that's why intention is different from all of these things. That first step, intention, is different from all these things that get thrown at us. We actually get to pick what we want to get better at with our intentions, which means our learning can be focused, not haphazard. So we get to choose, hey, I want to get better at this thing, even relative to leadership. Then we start to assess our progress. We get a little bit of feedback from ourselves based on the things we try and what feels easy, what feels hard, what we can connect to things we've already done in the past, neural networks that we can build in our brain that allow us to become more and more successful with this thing. The more we unpack it, understand it, involve with it. That's our process for measurement. Am I making progress? Am I taking some steps forward? Right? And then we need an organized structure for repetition. So when am I going to do this thing? How am I going to do this thing? How am I going to practice this thing consistently? What are the, what's the, when's the next time I'm going to dive back into this in the same way so that I can continue to build on that knowledge? When we have these three things, we have practice. So let's look at an example in real leadership, a squishy thing that we got to learn how to do better and can make a bigger difference with if we get better at it. So let's look at uh, an example that I was having a conversation about this week, and it was alignment. Alignment of a team of people. How do I get them to a place where we're working on the same goals, where we have the same picture of success in mind, where we are connecting our individual work to what the business or the team needs for some period of time. And let's say that we're looking for alignment at the beginning of the week. Now, if I were to say to you, hey, what's your process for alignment at the beginning of the week? You may or may not have an answer to that. I can tell you most leaders will begin to sort of ramble around about some things they do relative to alignment, but they may not have a process that they've practiced, learned from, refined, and now execute with great success, which is exactly what we want to move toward. So as we think about this alignment thing, let's break it down. Let's say that we were to write our intention down. Well, my intention is for the team to have the same priorities, to be caring about the same things, to be focused on the same set of outcomes and progress for us for the week. Okay, write that down. I'm considering doing a whole podcast episode on why writing matters because you'll hear me say it a lot and what it does in the brain and how it changes those things. But for now, uh, write that down, right? Now we got to think about how do I measure alignment on a team? How do I get some feedback around whether or not we are more aligned or less aligned or whether I'm better at this alignment thing or not? That's a little tough, right? But I can write down some things immediately that help me. Hey, what feedback do I get? How did my team react? What did they say about it? I might build some questions in that help me measure. Okay, I'm going to ask people, What are you going to do that's going to connect to this? I'm going to look at what they send back and say, hey, that really does connect, or maybe it doesn't. And I've not communicated this well or not organized my process well, so I can try something different. I can add information to it. So I'm going to write down a set of questions. I'm going to ask people. Maybe I ask them to send me back, okay, what are your individual priorities for the week that connect 
to these business priorities for the week. What are you going to focus on? What are you going to work on? What do you want to get better at? When I see that, I start to think, hey, first of all, the questions are good as part of my process maybe. And also, I can evaluate how well my team is aligned. I can look at over a couple of weeks how more effective we are as a team. Now, really clear here. And if you're multitasking or you're doing something else, um, bring your attention right here for a second because this is really important. A lot of times we only measure things we think we can get to a number or a dollar sign. And we are killing ourselves when we do this. A lot of times we think that if I can't see it numerically or in some sort of really quantifiable way, then it's not a measurement. And I want to dispel that myth right now. One of the things I do in workshops when I get this question or, or this objection, well, hey, you can't measure it in such a subjective way. That's not valuable. I immediately stop and I ask the group, hey, tell me right now, what are the most important things in life for you? Now, when I ask that question, you can automatically begin to think about some of the things that you might say. But here's what I hear most of the time. Love, happiness, fulfillment, satisfaction, all of the things that we can't measure. What's your happiness number? What's your fulfillment number right now? What's your love number right now? That doesn't mean it's not real just because I can't put a number on it. Do not get trapped into thinking that all of leadership is measured by revenue or sales or outputs or numerical things. It's not. And it's certainly not measured by those things early on. And if we decide that the only way we're going to measure things is by outputs that they generate, then we are so far downstream before we know if they worked or not that we lost all this time that we could have made them better. If I wait until alignment turns into productivity or revenue or something like that that I can actually measure, well, I lost all the time that I could have been improving it waiting for some sort of historical number to be formed that I can then look at and decide whether I'm doing this well or not. It's a mess. Don't do it. Don't wait for that. Let's get early assessments, feelings, information, discussions so that we can assess progress of our leadership change, our leadership skill early on before we wait and go, oh man, that didn't result in the numbers that I wanted a month later. I guess I better go back and change it. It's too many moving parts. It's like a nine shot combination and pool shot or billiard shot. It doesn't work and I can't figure out how to make the first one better if I'm looking at eight and nine. It's, it's too much work, right? So I'm going to get this input and I'm going to write down right now how I'm going to measure that, that leadership thing that I'm working on, that skill that I'm improving. And it's not perfect. That doesn't mean it's not directionally correct. And that's all I need. Okay, I think I can get better feedback. Okay, it feels like the team's still confused about this thing. Let me add another question in. Let me change the way I organize these things. Now we've got to get to the third step, which is an organized structure for repetition. So maybe I'm going to send out an email or ask a question or make sure I start a call with this thing once a week. So now I've got a, a, a repeatable sorry, process that I can use. And also, what's my repeatable process for planning it? 
Maybe on Sunday nights, I pull together my thoughts. Maybe Monday morning, first thing, I pull together my thoughts on business priorities for the week and on how I'm going to ask questions around alignment. And maybe it gets repetitive to the point where we do it consistently and we're more and more aligned. Great. But I got there by deciding I wanted a different thing to happen. That's my intention. By building a process for how I'm going to assess whether or not I'm getting good at that and getting feedback to do that. And then I'm going to repeat it enough so that my brain can sort of use all this information well and start to create a new pattern for myself that makes me a better leader. This is one simple example. You can apply it to anything that you want to do. And yes, it's a little squishy. Yes, it means you have to focus on it, write it down and organize your thoughts. And yes, it can still be done. So don't let the fact that those initial thoughts about you can't measure leadership or, or that won't work can get in your way. Because if you let them, they will. And they will keep you from becoming the leader you want to be. We get to choose between doing the job and then continuously getting better at the job of being a leader. And what keeps us where we are in the job as a leader is the belief sometimes that more time will help us. It won't, but more practice will. Like I can be the same leader at the end of this year that I was at the beginning. That's easy, right? I'm just going to keep doing the same stuff. But if I want to be a better leader at the beginning of, of next year than I was at the beginning of this year, then I better get some practice in. And not the practice other people decide to give me, the practice that I actually focus on and deliver to myself because my improvement matters that much. Don't leave practice to chance or hope that somebody throws enough obstacles in your way so that you manage to get better at some things. That'll happen. But why leave it in that unfocused way? We'll just add that to the practice that we're doing because we're getting better as leaders in an organized fashion, not just hoping it happens with more time. Hey, if you're enjoying our podcast, if you're enjoying the episodes here, please do us a favor and, and give us a review. And I hope it's a five-star one. I hope that we're adding that much value. We'd really appreciate that. And more importantly, subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss an episode. We're trying to have a continuous, really important conversation here around leadership. And, and putting those together also gives your brain context. And we don't want you to miss anything. Uh, so make sure that you subscribe. Give us a review if you can. It's really helpful. That's your way of helping other leaders if you find this valuable. Now, we'll see you next week. And go make a difference. Mm -hmm.